And the only people that talked about debt or finance were moms. Wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. You had like the finance guy. Yeah. But the everyday person was a mom. Yeah. How are they going to feed their children of five kind of thing? Okay. And I was like, cool, but that's not me. Right. Like, that's not my vibe. Like, I don't watch those. So, of course, people wouldn't have anywhere to turn when you're my age or when, you know, you're not married or don't have kids. So that's when I decided to be fully transparent about everything. And I started doing these monthly budget videos that show how much I make every month, like 100%, where all that money goes. And then throughout that process, it's me paying off my car, paying off my credit card, paying off my first student loan, tackling my second student loan and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's really cool because those videos and the community that we've built doing those videos is like really great. Like out of all the videos I've ever done, those are what get the most engagement because people are in the comment section like either thanking me for putting it on, congratulating me, or just asking questions and then other people in the community can answer those questions or them sharing that they are debt-free and people supporting them. So it's like a really cool community and an awesome opportunity to just, you know, support people and get your shit together. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, people? Welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. Today's conversation is with my friend, Asia Dang. Asia is an American TV host turned lifestyle vlogger who has a genuine passion for supporting others to become their best selves. No wonder we're friends. Asia comes from a background in broadcast journalism of over 13 years. She worked with major companies such as Fox, the NFL Network, Maxim Magazine, and The Hollywood Reporter. It's not easy to depart from a secure career life like that and dive into a very uncertain and highly competitive arena of social media as a potential influencer. But Asia pulled it off, you guys, and she did it successfully and now has over 800,000 plus in her growing community. And she's done it by staying true to herself and her passions. That's a win-win in my book. She channels the knowledge and experience she gained from those earlier chapters of her career life and infuses it all with her love for natural beauty and self-growth, all of which create the killer content in her YouTube videos. So Asia and I met a few years ago at a beauty event for Burt's Bees, and we immediately hit it off. There were a lot of commonalities between us, our passion for natural beauty, for wellness, Hawaii being homes to both of us. But the dominating connection above all was that we both knew we were exchanging with someone who was truly being their authentic self. What I love about Asia, in addition to how she keeps it so real, and especially as a social media influencer, is that the content she creates is legitimately valuable and very, very fun to absorb. She's quirky, she's funny, she's smart, she's sexy, and she really cares about the ways at which she can support her community to truly create a life that they love, a life that feels great, and is true to who they really are. 
This conversation with her is so much fun, and I feel especially great for those trying to learn how to navigate authentically through life and especially through the lens of social media. So you guys, without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with my girl, Asia Dang. Impromptu starts are my thing, girl. Hi, Asia. Hi. <laughs> You're like, surprise. It's on. Hi, everyone. I'm sitting across from this beautiful woman that I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. This is so that was so sweet. Thank you. I can't believe. Um, so we're sitting here wrapping up before we hit record, and you said that like it was two years ago. I feel like we just met, but not in this, like, I don't feel comfortable like kind of way. It's just that... I can't believe two years has passed. Crazy, right? Yes. It's so... I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was 2016. I feel like it's Oh, wait. Well, I guess now it's 2019. Right. So maybe it was 2017. Yeah. See, I don't know. What what day is it? Where am I? Am I... I What dimension am I in? I have no idea. Like yesterday, I I was working out and one of the instructors were like, how many days this week have you been in? And I was thinking, I was like, three, no, four. No two. What day is it? Like, I couldn't even figure it out. I understand it's, that. It's so bizarre. I think when you don't have, like, both of us, you know, or we don't have a nine to five, we don't have yeah. a Monday through Friday thing. Yeah. So it's like you live on this calendar of kind of events and things happening, but mm-hmm. it's so easy to forget, like, wait, fuck, what day of the week or when did oh, it happen? Oh my God. Because things just move so fast. I feel like when you're always kind of looking towards, okay, now I have this thing I have to go to and I have this thing I have to produce. And Mm-hmm. Right, and you're it's kind of just like loaded. In yeah, like we have a schedule. Yeah, in terms of like events and stuff, like you know when that happens. But right. then when you do what we do, it's kind of like you set a time to do it. But it can also happen later. It can happen before. Exactly. It's just like go with the flow, and that's what screws me up totally. to where I don't even know. Like I was working yesterday that it was like. Wednesday and it was Thursday and it was just I've been listening to a lot of crime podcasts lately and I'm I don't know what I do yesterday like I can't remember so if I were ever to be questioned by the police I would for sure look suspicious because I couldn't I could not recall that's so funny I so relate to that yeah weird almost I'm like I almost brought my rosemary oil. Rosemary oh. is a stimulant for your memory yeah, and that'd be cognition. Nice. <laughs> I literally looked at it before I left my house. I'm like, nah, fuck it. I'll be good. I got my matcha. Yeah. Good. So can you kind of break down what you do for listeners who don't know? And mm-hmm. then I kind of want to reverse engineer mm-hmm. with you. Okay. So I like to say I work in social media. I like to start really broad because the word influencer, I just feel like is super douchey and it makes me really <laughs> uncomfortable to tell people that. <laughs> But I post videos on YouTube and on I post on Instagram and that's mainly what I do. And I started off as actually a television host and then my time in network TV, which I thought was the goal, mm-hmm. was actually really suffocating to me just creatively. You did it for 13 years? Is that, or how long were you doing that? I've been in hosting for 13 years and then the last maybe two years of doing that was in network and they hired me specifically to do a certain thing that, you know, with television, you have all this red tape and they wouldn't allow me to do it. And then that's kind of where I started going more heavily into YouTube. Okay, I had my channel before that, but then it was just like a creative place for me to post what I wanted to do without anyone telling me what to do, whether they liked it or not. Like 
and didn't fucking care. It was what I wanted to do. Yes. And then one day I was just like, Ugh, I don't even want to go to work, which yeah. never happened before ever. Cause I really like hosting, which is funny considering I'm like an introvert as well, but yeah. I left hosting and just YouTubed it. What year was that? Was that like, was YouTube already happening or was it? <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube. I'm super late to YouTube. I have a couple friends that actually started YouTube when it first started, like yeah. getting really popular, like Timmy De La Ghetto and stuff. So I was probably about five years, six years behind that. Mm-hmm. And then even then it was really slow for me to be committed to it. And sure. then a couple years later, that's when I was like, oh, okay, I can see you know, the light here and you go more into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you go to school for broadcast? Yeah. I have my master's for broadcast journalism. I have my bachelor's in marketing Okay, and I had an internship after school and I was like, I hate this. Oh really? (laughs) I need to, I can't be in an office Yeah, and all that, like not talk to people and just be on the computer. But then I went back to school for broadcast journalism at USC. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's how I came into LA. Got it. Yeah, was to go to school. So you originate from Hawaii? I'm from Hawaii, and then I went to uh, San Francisco for undergrad. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then I came to LA. And then it's been, let's see, 20, ooh, 2005. Wait. Oh, here we go. No, 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 no. Wait. See, there we go. I I don't even know. I swear, I, yeah. Oh, no, no. I graduated high school in 2005. Okay. 2010. Okay, that makes sense. So came here, uh, so eight years ago. Wow. So you've done a lot. And your channel and and basically what your content, what Mm -hmm. you put out, what you create is all geared around like health, lifestyle, wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even how you and I met, you know, we met at the Birds Bees event yeah. in New York, which was so special. And just to kind of resurface that a little bit, you know, Birds Bees, for those who don't know, it's an all natural line. It's one of my favorite all natural beauty lines. And and I felt very fortunate to get you as my model. Oh my gosh, me too. And it was like perfect. It was so yeah. perfect. And it's truly, you know, before we started recording, I was saying to you that, you know, all of the people that come on, this podcast for me are not just badass people who are like, you know, on the fringes of their life and path creating and, you know, reaching for this kind of constant, better version of themselves and their lives. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really important for me to have them be very authentic and to Mm -hmm. feel that. And I have a fucking authenticity radar that's gnarly. Me too, girl. Yeah. I think that's where we connected. My God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Crazy. Yeah. And so I meant, you know, Again, I felt very fortunate. We had such a great time. And I knew, you know, we meet people all the time mm-hmm. with what we do. And there are some people that, even if I really genuinely want to stay connected, mm-hmm. you just, I don't know, like, you just don't. Like, mm-hmm. you keep them in a great place in your mind, but you don't actually, like, continue the process. I think that social media is helpful to keep a connection because even if it's not like I'm seeing you every Sunday to go have lunch, but I'm still in tune with what you're doing. You're Mm -hmm. in tune with what I'm doing, but I knew that there was more with you. So this is fucking dope to have you. (laughs) We finally made it happen. happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I love what you put out. I'm just excited to like, just tear into all that. So going back to the school thing for a minute and then how you transitioned. So, okay. You, 
so you're doing your thing and then you start to realize like, mm, this is too restricting. I'm not into it. Mm -hmm. And how long was that period before you basically exited out and then moved towards what you're doing now? The reason why I want to pick this part with you is because a lot of people find themselves in positions like this. Totally. Right. Oh and my it's gosh. like one thing that I think it's, it's hard to maneuver around that. Like I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm not sure that this is really what I want to do. Fuck. I'm so invested. Mm -hmm. I, I did all this stuff. I paid all this money for school. Like mm -hmm. I've been super focused. What are other people going to think? What? Are... So for those like yourself who actually go, okay, I get all that. But you know what? My happiness is important to me and I need to feel inspired and want to get up and go to work. Mm -hmm. So I got to make that move. So I want to know a couple things about that period. Like how long was that period mm -hmm. of you feeling that way? And then what was it that supported your job to, to move on to the next thing? So I actually think it started probably in undergrad. I feel like I've had these many phases of what exactly I wanted to do. And it started in undergrad because that's when I was studying marketing. And I found out that my favorite classes were public speaking and learning about what people like and all that kind of stuff. So my last semester, I actually interned at a network television spot. And it was really fun and it was exciting. And I was the only one that didn't have any experience. And then that was kind of when I was like, oh, okay. So this is what gets me excited. And then the probably the couple months before I moved to LA, I picked up some stupid little like hosts on public television and it like I still have CDs of those and CDs. it's Say CDs no <laughs> back okay. in the day when they were CDs <laughs> and I watched them I'm like horrified about everything <laughs> there's one uh it was a show called yeah live and I would interview like indie bands yeah in Berkeley and <laughs> there was this one episode where my producer who I feel like was homeless like I cannot pinpoint but he seemed to be off the street but he started screaming in like the producer's box and you would just hear it outside where I was during the interview. It was like that kind of, That's hilarious. Like, it was, it was hilarious, but also weird. But anyways, that yeah. kind of like started like, okay, I really like hosting. And then I decided that the only way to get into that was to go back to school, okay. to go to grad school and learn about, you know, writing or, you know, producing news articles or uh, news spots for TV. So that's how I came to LA at USC. And then I felt actually really confused at USC because everyone had all these like amazing, you know, experiences in journalism and all this stuff. And I was just like, eh, you know, I'm marketing and I, you know, had a show on public television. Like, <laughs> what do I know? And it was just really hard because I thought that USC would have some kind of like really big like entertainment program program sort of, which yeah. they didn't okay. and they didn't even really go into how to build a website how to use social media and all that wow. kind of stuff which yeah. i felt was weird then that's how i kind of came connected with maxim okay this maxim was magazine maxim magazine yeah. yeah and everyone knew what they wanted to do and they were like you know i want to go overseas and you know write news articles about the war i want to do this i want to do that and i was like well I like sports, but I'm not interested in statistics. Like, I just want to know more about the athletes and what is in their mind. Mm -hmm. So I was like, who can I reach out to? How can I build this? And for some reason, I thought Maxim Magazine. 
That's so interesting. I know, right? Yeah. But I can connect the dots. Yeah. Because I used to do things with them in New York, so I know the magazine quite well, actually. Yeah. yeah I so I don't know why that connected, and I Googled it, and that's when the Hometown Hotties thing came on. Yeah. So I was like, I know, I'm going to apply for Hometown Hotties, which was like this huge you know, competition back in the day where the winner would be on the magazine, and it was like a really big thing. Yeah. I'm going to make the top 10. I'm going to meet all these people. They're gonna, I'm going to pitch them my show, and I'm, they're going to give it to me. And that ended up actually happening. I made it to the top 10 and, you know, I was able to talk to, you know, the CEOs and, you know, everyone in the magazine and pitch them my idea. And then I didn't win, though I should have. But a couple months later, they started using me to meet the troops and stuff and saw how like personable I was. And then they gave me the show. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then that transitioned into me working with Fox Sports. Okay. But the thing with Maxim is that it was a very small crew and we were all super like cool and the vibe was cool and we could essentially do whatever we wanted because right. we were the only, you know, Maxim show online at the time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you transition to network, it's all very red tape and, you know, we want you to do this, but right. you know, you can't right. do this, 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 that was just like really suffocating to me, especially when I came from this awesome environment at Maxim. Yeah. And even though I was the only woman in the crew, we all had a fun time. We were all able to bounce ideas off of each other and it was just really collaborative. So when I went from that to a really like exhausting, limiting life at Fox Sports, I just, I was like, I can't. Okay. And that's weird. Cause I always thought that I wanted to be on network television. Like that was the goal. Right. And then I actually got there and I saw what it meant to be there yeah. and I didn't like it. Wow. That's a journey. <sighs> yeah. It feels like another life I'm lifetime. Sure. I understand that. Yeah. One thing that I capture about that whole process for you is that it feels like you you had goals, you had visions, like you were very methodical, like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to do this, I need to go to school. Mm -hmm. So then you put yourself in school. By the way, USC of all schools, like, I know like, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know. Like, how did that even happen? Like, it wasn't like, Oh, let me just go to this. You know what? It was like, USC. Okay. Yeah. You've been on a path Mm -hmm. and you've been you know, pivoting and been flexible. It sounds like, Mm -hmm. and even if it wasn't, the thing that you envisioned didn't end up being the thing. Mm -hmm. It was bait to keep you moving towards it for you to discover what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of, what you don't want. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people now they ask me, like they come at me super worried and messages or whatever, like saying, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, how did you know you wanted to do this? And I just say, I don't know. I wanted to do this. Like I had a plan that was not this, but you have to be flexible enough to like change your life when a direction is not going in the way that you want it to. And brave perhaps too, because Mm -hmm. I'm sure it, you know, were your parents supportive of you? Yeah. I mean, my parents are very like relaxed and chill. I think it's like the whole Hawaii Asian thing. (laughs) Like my dad was never like, even to this day, they're never like, you know, are you happy? You know, are you doing, they're just like, are you supporting yourself? Can you eat? Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. 
like, do you need money? It was that kind of thing. And even to this day, like me working in social media, they totally don't understand what that means. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes sense. yeah, my mom watches the YouTube videos. And then sometimes if she dares goes on my Instagram, but <laughs> my dad has no clue. He just knows that sometimes people talk about my videos on the airplane because they're both flight attendants. But it's just like, I think now that they know I'm paying off my student loans and stuff that yeah. I'm okay. And they can stop asking me if yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. But as long as I'm you know, not on the side of the road doing drugs. I think they're okay with whatever I do. (laughs) That gives you a lot of room. Yeah. So it's been totally flexible with them. That's cool. (laughs) But just to go back to that, like, I feel like you have to be very brave, you know, or maybe another way to put it, because I think people have said that a lot about me in my life. Like I moved from, you know, essentially first LA to Kauai, then Oahu, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, from Hawaii for many years became my home. And then I moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. And everyone trips out on that because it's like, oh my God, how do you move from Hawaii to New York? I'm like, actually, it was pretty easy. I had yeah. leather I wanted to wear. You can't <laughs> right. do that shit in Hawaii, you know? <laughs> it's like, Listen, it was, I go where my clothes can go. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was getting so annoying. I'm like, I'm all this fashion and I can't rock this shit. It's too hot. Um, and then I moved to Paris, didn't speak the language, which is cool. Anyways, and people always said to me that um, like when they would hear this story, wow, you you know how brave of you. Like it took... I never connected the brave dot. I was always like, I guess, but I would, I was literally just following my feeling. And I I think what it really, when I zoom out now and look back, like for sure, I'll give myself credit now to say I'm brave and I'm giving you that credit too. Mm -hmm. But I think, and this is really to go back to you. I feel like what I did really well was I just listened to yourself. Yes. Totally. But I feel like a lot of people have a hard time doing that because they don't know who they are. Let's tear into that. That's, yeah. I agree. And yeah. they maybe external voices mm-hmm. and opinions. Mm-hmm. They're louder. always wanting to please. Like for me, I actually, I think I said this in a video recently. I feel like I'm aloof. Okay. In a way that things that probably should have scared me off or things that in my childhood should have affected me as an adult didn't because I don't take things really seriously. I don't particularly care about what other people think about me. I just do what I want. Yes. And I don't know. I just never thought that there was another way. And then also I think my parent or no one ever like forced something down my throat, which mm-hmm. I think I'm also like really grateful for. Sure. But yeah, you just need to like figure out who you are. And I know that's really broad. Yeah. And I feel like it wasn't until I was like 29, 30 that I actually understood who I was. You don't know who you are at 18. Like you need to live, you need to make mistakes, you need to cry, but you also need to like process all of that and internalize and learn from those. And then that's how you grow. And then you probably don't, won't fully be happy with yourself like until the thirties. Right. Until you're fully yeah, or just more comfortable with more yourself. comfortable. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's like this constant state of self discovery. Is it's it's to me, it's like infinite for mm-hmm. as long as we're living. Right? Totally, that really resonates with me too. Because in my personal journey, while I was doing all this, whatever I was doing, like moving here and different jobs and mm-hmm. career paths, one thing that was very secure and dominant is like. I'm listening to myself. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. And I'm actually just discovering more of that. Mm -hmm. And it had nothing to do with what 
anybody else thought, like from my family who I'm so tight with, mm-hmm. like it didn't matter if you got it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's something so similar to what you're just saying. It's like, yeah, you were just doing you mm-hmm. and that's what you were going to do. Right. And that's powerful. And it might not have even been conscious. You were just like yeah. going with what the flow was going with. Exactly. You weren't questioning it. You were just going with it. Totally. Mm-hmm. So important. Cause I feel like there's so many young you know, people, I mean, I just had a conversation with a young girl who I am so inspired by a young friend the other day. And she was talking about, um, and I feel like this can bridge to you very easily, you know, that she feels like she's multi-passionate, you know, and Mm -hmm. that it's hard right now because she doesn't know if if she has one thing. And then she's like, why do I have to have one thing? Totally. Yeah. I totally align with that. It's hard because when you're on YouTube, people always ask me, Like, what is your category? And I didn't really understand why I needed a category. And then in the beginning of me trying to like do this whole YouTube thing, I would like look at girls and like, let's say the makeup realm. And I would emulate those videos because that's what was popular. And I had to be in a category and the videos did okay, but it was just not, not me. And then, you know, a couple years into it, I, you know, I think I was like, in my late twenties at that time. So I'm older than a lot of the lifestyle girls on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I just kind of was like, why am I, this is not me. Like I need to just be myself and do what I want. And I found that I didn't have one particular thing that I was passionate about, like makeup, whatever, skincare, sure. Health, sure. Cooking, sure. Fashion, not really, but okay. Money, yes. It's like all of these things that there's not one person that talks about all of it because they feel like, you know, I'm this makeup girl, I have to be this makeup girl. Or I'm this, you know, fashion girl, I have to be this fashion girl. And that just never, that actually made me really uncomfortable because that was not who I was at all. But I was trying to do that because someone told me I needed to find a category. So now on my channel, it's like, everything. It's so good. It is so rich. Yeah. It's everything. And that's what people like people were like, how are they going to find you? You know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, they'll just find me. And if they want to stick around, they'll stick around. But you know, most of the time they stick around because it's like my personality. They can see that it's what I'm interested in because it's not forced. And, um, they learn things, they learn other things that they may not have learned at a, on another channel because there's just so much other stuff being discussed on it. So yeah, you don't like, yeah, that that's so bullshit. I you don't need to that. be in a box. First of all, I think that we come out of a time where it's like, that was fed to us. Mm, this is your mm-hmm. lane, stay totally. in it. And that's the only way. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And we still have a bit of that, I think. And that's what you were, you were like kind of swimming through that a little bit. And then you're like, wait, hold on. This is not even who the fuck I am. So mm-hmm. what am I doing? Mm-hmm. There are some people and th- this actually, I was expressing this in my conversation with my young friend. Like there are some people who do just have one passion and they're or one talent and they're really good at it. And that's fucking great. Let's keep it real. It's probably going to be easier for them in a lot of ways. But are they happy? They could be. I'm just saying like, if you're Michael Jordan, You know what I'm saying? Like some people do like come out the room and they're like, this is my thing. Not to say like, that's the rest of your life. Totally. But then they pivot out of that to do something else. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then there's people like myself, like you, Mm -hmm. like my young friend, like so many other people listening to this podcast right now where it's Mm -hmm. like, 
I'm not only multi-passionate, I say this with like, I'm just going to say it. I'm fucking good at a handful of things. Mm -hmm. I'm great at makeup. Mm -hmm. I'm also great when it comes to mindset, nutrition. Like I coach Mm -hmm. people on how to perform better in their lives, right? Um, The podcast. So if I'm sitting here and it's hard, it's hard to fucking sit here. And the reason why it's difficult is because I think people need to understand you. And when you're one thing, it's easier for people to understand yeah. you, right? Yeah. Like pick your category. Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah, no, uh, totally. Category is me. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a lot of things. Yeah. And so I love that you didn't, you know, yeah, you might have like tried that mm-hmm. for a minute, but I love, and again, this goes back to you being so brave and being so fucking true to yourself, mm-hmm. which is so powerful to say, I get why that might make sense but it's not me. And so I'm going to go this way and it's been serving you. Right. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did spend like maybe two years figuring that out. So it wasn't like a one video thing and like, Oh, I hate this. Yeah. It was definitely a good amount of time until I like woke up and realized that I could do more. That's amazing. Yeah. Was it scary when you were like, all right. Cause I'm sure you already had, you know, a following and you know, but was it kind of scary to just make this transition into more Mm, no okay Uh, the only video that I was actually kind of scared to post was about my student loan debt just because that is more personal yeah and no one likes to talk about money but every other thing you know I I said it I'm very aloof to people so I don't care what you think right that's a superpower yeah I feel like right (laughs) (laughs) I know because it's not you know I certainly I have this sign on my desk that says rule number one fuck what they think totally and it's like in my face every day and I say no fucks are given like genuinely and I really do confidently say like I live with that you know but if it doesn't beat you like if if the thought of like what are they gonna think like if even if it doesn't beat you I think it still can pop up in everybody oh totally right? I mean that's human nature exactly of course yeah but you can't let that stop you from doing what you want no let me ask you like from where you are now and then I want to go back to the student loan thing because that's huge mm-hmm. can you recall something that has been really scary on your journey as you've been like basically path creating your life and your career I don't know if I can just because I don't, unless I look back at it now, I didn't realize I was doing it. Right. You know? Yeah. So I I think the scariest part was just graduating without a clue of what I wanted to do or how I could do it. So I, but then I still built that path. Right. So it's just like kind of the unknown of like feeling good and feeling confident because it takes when you don't know what you're doing yeah it's like a really scary place for sure and you like I used to wake up in anxiety like just in the middle of the night just having anxiety attacks like what am I what the fuck am I doing where were you in your process was this like before social media or was this no this was in in social media yeah the struggle was so real yeah because especially with social media, there's just so many other people who want to be in it and yeah. think that it's like the easiest thing to do, but it's really not. And just trying to make a name for yourself in, you know, YouTube, which is like, you know, I don't even it's know. It's insanity. You, it's you are in such a competitive field. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's so weird, but it's just like that, like, 
I left a job that paid me like consistently to do this where I wouldn't even get paid for months at a time sometimes. So it was just like, did I make the right choice? And you had student loans at this time? And, and you, uh, oh yeah, of course. Fuck. So gnarly. Like I was trying to sell shit. It was really bad. <laughs> Trying Girl. to sell just to like pay bills and stuff. Yeah. It was like that was the scariest part. Yeah. It was like, because obviously when you don't make money, it's hard to justify doing something that you really enjoy. But then somewhere you just push through it. And well, let me pick that apart for a second. Mm-hmm. What was your self talk like in that very kind of trivial, scary moment? And what was your faith like? like confidence and because I'm a firm believer, like wherever you're looking is where you're going. And Mm -hmm. so every day as I navigate through this unpaved path, the path that I'm essentially creating for myself, I got to lead with trust, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers. I can't see all the directions, but like, I just know that it's going to unfold for me in a desirable way. And I just, Mm -hmm. my job is to be fucking relentless, resilient and have my own back. And that starts with me having faith in myself and Mm -hmm. my journey. So, how were you in that department mentally during that time? I was watching a lot of the magic, the magic. which is what you were essentially what you're talking about. Oh, it's, oh like, is that the secret? Yeah. The oh, secret, yeah. the secret, the book, yes. but the magic is the video version of it. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. even know that. That's so it's funny. on, it's on uh, Netflix now, I think. Oh really? But okay. yeah, that DVD yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was on every night. I had to fall asleep to it because I could not clear my mind of holy fuck you're ruining your own life if I didn't have some kind of like positive talk going on that's dope though yeah because it's like listen you know other people will crumble Mm -hmm. but you still were like this is fucking hard but I'm gonna I'm gonna use this like I have so many books like actually the whole law of attraction like you can go back to the 1800s Mm -hmm. my favorite author of that time James Allen who wrote this book called as a man thinketh it's it's like before the person who was very clever about the law of attraction. Totally. Marketing. Like yeah. it goes way back. Like this is not, this is more of a philosophy from like back in the day, but I'm just saying that people can crumble very easily Absolutely. in those moments, but yeah. you still handled it. Well, yeah. I think it's because I had nowhere to go. Is like that- I couldn't, I couldn't crumble. <laughs> you could you, so you made it not, you refused. You yeah. No I mean, I definitely had meltdowns. Sure. But it wasn't a crumble. Yeah. It was a melt. <laughs> It was just a slow glide. <laughs> that sounds sexier. Yeah. <laughs> so, so suiting. And you, you had to have had like real love for what you were doing, right? Like the why factor had to yeah. be very strong. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, there was those messages of viewers. And during that time, it, my viewers were very low. So it was those messages that like, You're, this video helped me or asked for advice because I was the only person that they could turn to. Or the fact that I was just like an Asian woman that other Asian women can see on the screen. Yeah. That kept me going. Yeah. So you were getting some kind of feedback. And obviously, money is a very important type of feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to business. But totally. in the initial most businesses aren't getting that much feedback in that area. And Mm -mm. I think, you know, it's important to acknowledge that money isn't the only currency of feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you getting those messages. Um, yeah, I can see how that was so fortifying to your mental state and ultimately to your process to keep, to keep going. Yeah. But you have to pay attention to them and like really 
you know, I mean, you have to care them. about, you have to care about them. Totally. Like if it were someone else and they got those type of messages and it, they didn't give a shit about them, then right. like, I don't know what drives you. Then money probably drives you or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're in this moment and you have, let's talk about the college debt because we've kind of circled around it, but I want to tear into that because I know that that's a big thing for you and that you're right. People don't fucking like to talk about money. Mm-hmm. It's really uncomfortable. And I feel it's so awesome that you are being vocal about this, especially at a time where, I mean, the, the term criminal literally came out when I was talking to my friend the other day about how, you know, college debt is becoming like criminal. It's so, it's certainly more, a lot more than when I was, you know, I didn't go to college, but during my mm-hmm. college years, if totally. I would Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you leave USC, you have this big debt. Is that? I ignored the debt. I didn't even know how much debt I had. It's just like from preschool I've been to private school like my family put me in private school throughout since preschool so I just thought that that was the way to go Mm -hmm. and no one taught me differently I didn't know what I was doing so USF was private school USC was private school and I was just like "Eh, you know I'll take out a loan. Like, what do you, what does that mean? You don't know what that means when you're 18 or when you have to go back to school at 21. Like you don't know what that kind of debt means and how like crippling it can be. And then, you know, I wasn't making any real money at that time. So I kept on putting it in forbearance and forbearance. I can't afford it forbearance. And then that interest just like fucks you on top of that. Cause it still accumulates interest. It doesn't just stop. Wow. You still have to pay interest on that. So it started, let's see, 2017 Vlogmas. Vlogmas is December 1st to 25th in the YouTube community. And it's when you vlog every single day until Christmas. Oh, Vlogmas. So yeah. Okay. A very YouTube thing. And it was on December 15th or December, I think it was December 14th actually. And I uploaded it on the 15th. That's when I had a loan due and I was also dog sitting because I needed to make money at the time. So that was my day was like, how am I going to pay for this loan? And I just vlogged it because that was my day. And that's what Vlogmas is. And I did a total breakdown of the debt that I had, which was about $200,000. Dang girl. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the forbearance is my last loan for USC, I took out about 107, but at that time the interest accumulated to where it was 150,000. Oh my goodness. So that's insanity. It's crazy. Yeah. And then I just vlogged it and I was like, well, I you know, I'd rather put this on than not upload anything at all kind of thing. So I did. And it was just like a really detail of what my debt was, who it was with. Like it didn't like I share whatever. Yeah. And then I uploaded it and didn't really think much of it. And then like immediately people were like, some people thought I was dumb and like stupid and like called me, you know, whatever they want to call me because, you know, you have all this debt, like you're a fucking idiot. Like this is all your fault. Like oh my goodness. kind of stuff like that. Yeah. But the majority of the people commenting were people who were in the same position and never saw anyone talk about debt before. Ever, yeah. whether it's their family or even online, like no one talks about it. And then after that, because it got like a really, people were really receptive to it. I started looking on YouTube and the only people that talked about debt or finance were moms. 
Wow, that's mm-hmm. interesting. You had like the finance guy, yeah, but the everyday person was a mom. Yeah, how are they going to feed their children of five? Kind of thing. Okay, and I was like, cool, but that's not me. Right, like that's not my vibe. Like I don't watch those. So of course, people wouldn't have anywhere to turn when you're my age or when, you know, you're not married or don't have kids. So that's when I decided to be fully transparent about everything. And I started doing these monthly budget videos that show how much I make every month, like a hundred percent where all that money goes. And then throughout that process, it's me paying off my car, paying off my credit card, paying off my first student loan, tackling my second student loan and all that kind of stuff. It's really cool because those videos and the community that we've built doing those videos is like really great. Like out of all the videos I've ever done, those are what get the most engagement because people are in the comment section like either thanking me for putting it on, congratulating me, or just asking questions and then other people in the community can answer those questions or them sharing that they are debt-free and people supporting them. So it's like a really cool community and an awesome opportunity to just, you know, support people and get your shit together. Dude, that's badass. Mm -hmm. I'm so impressed. I'm like, silently applauding you, but just not wanting to do it loud because I don't want to interrupt you. But like, first of all, fucking that's brave. Cause let's be real. Fake it till you make it the mm-hmm. whole, that whole, you know, especially these days of social media, totally. it's like everyone wants to create this appearance, yeah. right? Not everybody obviously, but like the most part, like, yeah. Well, especially on YouTube. Like or on sure. social media for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So to come out and be like, actually, this is my naked truth. Mm-hmm. And it's, and money is so intimate. It's mm-hmm. so like, like you said, nobody wants to touch it because it's almost like, oh, if you have debt, like you're defected. Totally. Fuck. Yeah. When really. Everyone dude, has debt. Yes. Yeah, even like the most, you know, financially secure people, like. Everyone has to go through debt. I mean, especially in America, it's like part of how our country, I feel like, is built. Like, we, yeah, unfortunately. Like we're supposed to get on debt, in debt on purpose. Well, that's what they want you to think, for that's, sure. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for you to come out and be vocal, and I'm sure it's got to be a very empowering community. Do you have like a private Facebook, just all through YouTube? It's or? all through YouTube that's and Instagram. So rad. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's really cool, especially to see the women get control of their shit. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know when I was broke and, like, possibly in a really bad relationship, I would stay because, you know. Yeah. It was comfortable. It was comfortable and helpful. And I didn't have to buy groceries because he would kind of situation. Right. So I think that's really important for women. And then also for, like, college students to see the shit you can get into Mm -hmm. for college. Sure. You know, like... I talked to Bernie Sanders because, um, you know, he's all about like free college and yeah. stuff. So his team reached out to me to ask me about like what I thought about it and stuff. And for me, it's like, you know, free college is fine. Yeah. But I don't think that you need to force college down people's throat for sure. I mean, I think if I would have gone back to do anything differently, it would be to take maybe a gap year off and figure out 
what I was meant to do. I'm so glad you said that because I was going to ask you that. Like, if you could go back, Mm -hmm. what would be different? Mm -hmm. I happen to like school. Like, I'm one of those people who like going to school. But the problem was is that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I had no clue. And I wish I would have taken a year or even more to figure that out. Right. To explore and learn more about yourself. And Mm -hmm. I I do see the value in that too. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and my hope is that we're moving more into this kind of area of life where it, you know, taking the year off a year or two off is, is, is not seen as, Oh, you're being irresponsible, but actually you're being more responsible because mm-hmm. that's really what it's well, know, what do you do? To. You have to work, <laughs> right? Maybe you travel, like there's sure. things that you do on like that gap year right. that would help you grow as a person. Absolutely. Well, that's so cool too, that you've been able to do something that's, I mean, the word that's just coming to my mind, it's very meaningful. Mm -hmm. Listen, like makeup is rap. I mean, obviously I love makeup and all, but like, this is real impact on people's lives. Well, that was the thing is like, when this video came out, I was also questioning myself because I was about to turn 30 Mm. and I was looking at my YouTube line of work and I was like, what is this? contributing to society how is this at all contributing to making anything better and that really bummed me out so I think it was just like the perfect alignment of wanting to make a difference and also not being able to pay my loan at the same time that kind of pushed me forward on that and then since that video just a lot of my videos have just been totally like honest about a lot of different subjects outside of money. So I think it was just like the perfect alignment of, you know, those two things that helped me get there. That's beautiful. Yeah. You were already in it. You took what you were doing and what you were, you know, passionate about. And then you had this one area that just made sense where you could Mm -hmm. create more impact. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that really pisses me off about like these really big Instagrammers and YouTubers is that you see their content and it's so superficial. Like it makes me mad, especially the older YouTubers, like the younger, like 21 year olds, like, what the fuck do you know? Like go shopping. I don't give a shit. Right. But it's the ones that are like 27, 28, 29, 30 that don't contribute anything but fashion hauls that really fucking piss me off. Right. Because they have such a huge, like I'm a small YouTuber in comparison to the YouTube community. You're over 300,000. Yeah. But that's, that's small. Consider small. yeah. Yeah. So when you have a million followers on Instagram, a million followers on YouTube, and you don't contribute anything of significance, that shit pisses me off. Girl, I relate to that. I mean, I'm like a micro, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, but I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a, you know, I didn't, I'm 40 years old. And when I say that, I'm not saying by any means, like I'm old. It's just saying that I'm coming out of this generation where it's like, I was one of the later people to get on Instagram because I was mm-hmm. one of the later ones to get on an iPhone, right? Me too. Yeah. I was like, fucking T-Mobile, you should sponsor me because I hung out until you got the iPhone, damn it. Brought me late to the game. And then even when I got on, I didn't look at it. I didn't know, you know, I'm like, oh, I just post some pictures of things that I like, right? But mm-hmm. I wasn't like, you know, now where it's like young people getting into it, it's like there's branding, there's strategy, there's yep. all this stuff. And it's like, yeah. whoa. Meanwhile, I'm still a woman who loves to play outside. I'm a fucking athlete. I mm-hmm. like to move my body. And like, I don't want to be glued to a screen all day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm saying that because, you know, in addition to not being someone who's high profile where I'm going to be able to generate this large audience to follow, I'm also not this young millennial who's like, you know, just wants to stare at my screen all day. So yeah. I'm in that in between. And I mean, you know, like 
I keep it real. I share real shit Mm -hmm. and it's like meaningful. I'm not the short caption. No offense to anybody who has that, but like, it's just like, if, if I'm going to say something, I'm going to fucking say something. Totally. Yeah. But it's still like snailing along. Right. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, like that might be the case. I've said this a million times in the podcast. I'm going to say it like a million more times, but for me, success in life at this stage, this is my view of it is it's, it, it's, it's two things. It's being present, like genuinely present in as many minutes of my life as I possibly can. And right next to that is being authentic to my truest self totally throughout the journey and still accomplish the grandest fucking visions I have. And I say that because so many people depart from that mm-hmm. or they don't have no clue even what that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you said in the beginning, but like some people do, they know like, uh, I don't really, but if I do this, I can get more, I can get faster. I can mm-hmm. get, and I don't care how long it fucking takes to grow the community that I envision growing and all that. Like I'm going to keep it real the whole way through because then everything is real along the way. The relationships that you meet, the mm-hmm. brands that you're connecting with, totally. like, it's just authentic because like it's a match, right? Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's what you're doing, It's which is so important, so refreshing, and it's got to feel so good to you. Too. It feels really good. And like that's so important. It's like feels so good to feel so comfortable in yourself. Yes. And it's like, you wish people could really embrace that more because it's so fucking liberating. Yeah. It really, That's really is. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's easier. It's not, it's not easy. I mean, it's not easier. It's not easy to get there, Yeah, but it's awesome once you get there. And there's no turning back. Like, you no, can't. Oh no, 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 right. no, 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 absolutely not. No. Because you know that feeling and you know what you did to get there. Right. And anything or anyone that makes you not stay in that place, you don't have time for them. Totally. Like zero time. Right. You're like allergic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's to the point. I had to like, it's kind of funny because during my whole like, who am I process while I was in YouTube, I would go to all these parties because that's what I was told you had to do. You had to like meet people and, you know, meet brands and all that kind of stuff. And I hated it because that's not my vibe. I prefer to stay home with my dogs, but I went. And now I'm at the point where I don't even want to be invited to your shit. Like (laughs) I know who's going to be there and I know I don't like them. So I've told my team, like, don't send me any of these invites to parties because I don't want to go. That's like, so funny because I remember when I moved from New York and people used to say to me like when I was, you know, just really like getting into my career path as a celebrity makeup artist, it's like, oh, you got to go out more. You got to, and I'm like, I'll go out if I feel, if like there's something real, like if I want yeah. to Chanel's having a party, I'm fucking going to go. I want it. But like, I just can't go out to go out to me because it doesn't feel authentic to me. No, and especially then, in LA. It's not authentic. It's so true. No. It's very different from New York. And you can tell like immediate, like when I would go to these brand events yeah. or trips, not the Burst Bees one, but I'm thinking of another one specifically. I would just step into the room of all of these influencers and I immediately felt out of place. Yeah. And to someone who didn't know who they were, they might take that as like, I'm not as good as these people and try to fit, try to fit into these people's like vibe or whatever. But 
I just knew that I didn't vibe with them. So I like basically spent the entire weekend with like one girl who I really connected with. But it's just like when you have this like feeling that these people are your people, you don't have to force yourself to become that person. Like it's better to just walk away and it's fine. Like you don't have to be friends with everyone, but you need to acknowledge who you are and to probably acknowledge the fact that it's better to not have those type of people, whoever those types of people are, not in your life because they'll probably be toxic to you For sure. in the end. Yeah. Was there anybody really growing up that influenced you to have that kind of inner strength and knowing, or is this just something that's been very innate? Maybe both. I think, you know, when I was growing up, I had really no friends. Is that because you were shy and introverted or was it? I don't know why that. I think just because, you know, when I was younger, I was in this dance group and we were really close. And then when I got older, these girls were older than me. And then I, I remember this part in sixth grade. I was walking upstairs and I saw a girl that I danced with and she completely ignored me. And I was like, what's happening? And it's because, you know, you're the new cute girl. And that's kind of how my high school like thing was. I never really had any friends because people didn't like me for whatever reason. And then college happened. And then my group of friends that I met in freshman ended up not being my people. So I didn't have friends sophomore year. And then I found my people junior year. So it's just like, for me, that was just how life was. Most of my life, I was just around people who didn't vibe with me. Interesting. So when I found those people that I clicked with immediately, that's who I tended to stay around. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I mean, you're supposed to go through friends and people anyways, but that's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, now that you're saying that, I feel like that specifically shaped that part of my life for sure. Yeah. To be, well, and you had to be so deeply internalized. Like it's like you were being someone who had, I guess, less friends, if mm-hmm. you, you know, you had to, you had to be your own friend, which is where you want to be anyways, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 Huge yeah. advocate of that. Yeah. And I feel like for some people though, they could take that as like an insecurity, like they're not good enough mm. or like, you know, they're mean to me. So I, something's wrong with me. But for some reason, I always knew that it was not my problem. That's like, amazing. It, I, like, I wonder what even, that reason was. I cannot even tell you what that reason was because I try to look back on it and all like the girls that were mean to me or like spread rumors about me, it was never really effective to me mm-hmm. because I knew that was their insecurity. That's that's very wise. I know. Yeah. So I don't know how that happens, but I was really lucky that that happened. Sure. And then that in itself helped me to see who like, the true friends were that I could be, you know, authentically myself with. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking rad. So, okay, let's shift a little bit into what you, so right now, what's really inspiring you? Um, aside from like the, the money stuff that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. but just like in terms of other videos or other forms of content, what's inspiring you right now? I think actually kind of just like, not to sound corny, but actually my followers are inspiring me. Yeah. How they're sharing aspects of their life. Okay. Not necessarily publicly, but at least to me. Okay. Makes like pushes me to be, you know, more inspired as well. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally does. I experience that often too. And, you know, I get these radical messages of just like, 
this is shifting my life right now. This is like, like big things, mm-hmm. not just like, Oh, I love your podcast, mm-hmm. but like videos sent to me of like that episode, like shifted me mm-hmm. and you just go like, and I, and, and I think you're going to connect with this is like the best feeling is that there's no bells and whistles. Like Mm-mm. it's just what you see is what you get. Totally sharing my truth. I'm sharing the best of my wisdom, my knowledge in an effort to support others to, you know, live, from their best self every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're totally, you know, maybe different mediums, you know, but we're in alignment in that way. And so I know that that's, and it does inspire the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. I think it was Mindy Callen or Mm -hmm. yeah. Kayleen. Kayleen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is a real quote from her, but I saw it on. I I know what you're talking about. Say it. Cause I've, I've wondered if that was. Yeah. Like I'm my own role model. Is that it? I don't know if it's, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. But that's the one you're talking about. right? Yeah. That I am my own role model. Yes. That's exactly how I feel legitimately how I, I feel. It. Yeah. So are you into visualization? And I a hundred percent. Okay. Let's go there. This is yeah. so fun. Cause so am I, even when you to go back to Maxim, when you're like, and I did it and I visualize this and it happened. Mm-hmm. Were you implementing this kind of tool of visualization then? Or was it just like, what I used to do in college was I would make vision boards. Okay. Cause I was super lost in college. <laughs> <laughs> So I would just make these vision boards of, and this was in grad school and grad school, of like what I wanted to do. Okay. And of course, like being on TV was on that board and ended up happening. Mm -hmm. But when I was like going for Maxim, I didn't like do visualization per se, Mm -hmm. but I think I just trusted where I was going. I did the visualization already. Yeah. So now is the time for that to come into fruition and just follow that process. So do you feel like from that period to now, the way that you implement visualization is advanced? Is it different? Or like, how do you, how do you do it? I'm bringing out my planner of visualization. Girl, this is beautiful. I started doing this because I wanted to like, you know, do some more growth this year. So I put some quotes and pictures in my planner that I take with me everywhere. I love that. Mm -hmm. I have a visualization journal, but it's not something that I take with me everywhere, Mm -hmm. but that makes me want to do that. So thank you for that beautiful idea. But it is like art paper, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I get, I get to go off on it and I like that. Is it you a, drawing or what are you doing? No, I actually do the same thing. Okay. Like I clip magazines. Yeah. I do do some drawing on it too. It's like there's stamps and stickers mm-hmm. and all just whatever you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I like the journal better is because a board is like, First of all, I'm not going to hang it on my wall. I know. I like, (laughs) I wish I kept my boards, at least the first one. Yeah. But yeah, I just, you can't do anything with it. Like you, you you got to toss it. Right. But these journals you get to keep, Mm -hmm. maybe you have kids one day, maybe you give it to them. Like there's just, they can go the distance. So I I thought of that, Yeah. but I love that you get to carry yours because I do think there's something to be said about staying engaged with it. You know, even if it's on your wall Mm -hmm. and that might be very serving to some people, but like it becomes wallpaper and you're yeah. not as like, totally, totally, right? totally. When you yeah. got to open your planner every day, even if it's just like one piece that sticks out, like you might stare at it for a minute and then it brings you into, this is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Do you have a vision of yourself 
that drives you like a future version of yourself? I mean, I feel like that's hard because it's changed so drastically in the past even three years that I don't even like dare to say, cause I don't know. Yeah. You know, I would obviously like to build more of a community that supports each other and like builds each other up. You know, obviously I want to, you know, work more with animals, maybe start a rescue, but that's like, you know, that's kind of like the basic stuff, but who I am as a person, I feel like I'm pretty dope already. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just like building upon that. And the reason I actually haven't done a vision, like physical vision board in years, but I felt like 2019 was going to be a really good year. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do those boards. And I think there's seven of them to like signify different aspects of my life to just help remind me of what I thought was going to happen this year. If that makes sense. Yeah. Or what I hope to. So you actually want to go back and create boards now too? Is that? I think just like maybe mini ones in the planner. I don't know. I was just really inspired to do it this year because I just felt really good energy of 2019. I can feel it too. Yeah. I I haven't felt that way about a year in a long time. I mean, I, I feel like there's a significant edge on this year too. I mean, I feel like I'm always motivated and every year is like a great, you know, it's like, let's get after it. I'm not one of those New Year's resolution people. Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah, either. I don't yeah. believe in the resolution thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because, and maybe this connects with you, I don't know, but there's been so much foundational work that has taken place in the last, let's just say, three years. For me, maybe for you as well, where it's like, cool, like I've built this foundation, I've got these tools, and and now it's like, it's going to fuck. It's time. Like, it's yeah. time. Like it, the, the fruit's about to fucking fall. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that having these tools, do you meditate? I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to. Okay. It's, it's hard. Meditation is hard for me. Yeah. Cause I can't clear my mind. Meditation is so interesting because I feel like there's this, uh, obviously there's so many ways to do it. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. And if you ask me what's your, I don't, I can't tell you, I do it this way. Mm-hmm. It's my own shit that I've created. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately just to single in on a focus and that focus actually is so connected with being very deeply connected to my highest self. I call Mm -hmm. her my muse. So it's not necessarily a quiet period in my mind, but it is a very streamlined. And sometimes you have to like, you know, when I start, there might be all these things happening and then, but by the end of it, it's like, I'm staring at one thing and Mm. I'm super just like, composed, dialed in zone, like fucking ready. Mm-hmm. I just share that with you because I don't know, sometimes I feel like it can be helpful to this because I think a lot of times people think meditation is like, you're not supposed to be thinking anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's actually not, I don't believe that this, it's not even fucking possible. Right. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> so forget that. I think it's just more of like, let's actually, I want to go here really quick. You and I, before we started recording, you're like, I just want to, cause we were talking about schedules and you're like, I want to have like a stress-free day. Right. Yeah. So this is all going to tie back into meditation. Okay. So yesterday, and I actually made an episode about it just dropped today, even though this episode's coming out later. So yesterday morning I, I do my meditation. I do all my mental priming like that I do every morning. I feel fucking great. I'm ready to go train with my brothers. I'm like, sun's out. Everything's great. Walk out. Car's not there. 
Fuck. Stop. Yeah. Fucking car got towed. It like it hit me that there was this temporary construction sign. Oh, bummer. And I didn't read it. My bad. I came home from the airport, was traveling yesterday, and I'm like, um Welcome to LA. Yeah, fucking seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker. So you do all these things, like you're it's not like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I was negative and then oh that happened. No, no, I did everything fucking awesome. Still shit happens, right? Mm-hmm. So I allowed myself to be frustrated because it's a human emotion. I totally. didn't try to push it away. I didn't get frustrated at being frustrated. I, I Ubered to the town where I had to get my car and frustration was like on the, on the ride with me. But I was watching that shit the whole time. Yeah. And this is the, the connecting to the meditation part. I had my eye on my frustration the entire time. And so it's like the frustration was sitting in the passenger seat, not the driver's seat. Mm. And I allowed it to journey with me, went in, paid about $500, got my car out. And while I'm waiting for my car to come out, I'm like, okay, frustration, this is where we part ways. That's awesome. I'm fucking done. Like, there's no reason for you to, like, I've experienced you, it was fine, and now I'm going to get on with my day. And this ability to be um, very, like, hyper self-aware in that way, you know, where I was able to watch myself go through this emotional state. I think there's something innate within me that has that ability but I've groomed it and I've trained it by two things specifically. Number one is writing. I've been writing for the majority of my life. Journaling, no judgment, just mm-hmm. third party kind of, right? Like brain dumping. Totally. Yeah. And number two is the meditation. Because in meditation, I just feel like you create this space, right? And that space allows you to then transfer that space in, you know, when you leave your meditation. Because you're you're so fucking self-aware. Like, Here's the thing. There was a hundred percent difference of when I was waiting for my Uber, how I felt, who I was, than when I walked out of my house. And the Roxanne that walked out of the house is the Roxanne that I want to be living as many minutes of my life from, right? Mm-hmm. So you're aware of that difference. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, fuck, meditation is so useful for that. Like that's just one thing, but it's a huge, it's huge. So yeah. I felt that yesterday too, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was living in frustration for about two hours yesterday. <laughs> what were we doing at the same time? <laughs> it was terrible. But uh, then for me, it was like if that had happened to me, I go back to like the feelings of gratitude. Yes. Like I'm, I'm grateful I was able to find my car. I'm grateful, you know, nothing was stolen. I'm grateful I was able to get the car back you know, kind of that, that's, I guess maybe that's my kind of sort of meditation. Oh no, no. I for sure did that. I was like, I love what you're saying. Yeah. I was like, I'm grateful I have the money to mm-hmm. pay for this. When I was driving to the gym right afterwards, drove past the hospital. I'm grateful I'm not in there. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like, you know, we hear these things all the time and I feel like, unfortunately there's people who like express these things and they're not even fully connected with the whole totally right yeah totally i know some people like that like i know some people like that dude behind the scenes you're fucking stressed at your life you're not even but whatever you know i try not to give too much attention to that but it's but the truth is and we're two real ass women speaking Mm -hmm. the real ass thing that it's a fucking superpower yeah so i love that you utilize it too which i got from the magic you (laughs) did That's so great. What I mean, good job to them because it's powerful and it's true and it's helpful, right? We always have a choice. We can, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, if you're in a bad mood, that's your choice to stay in your bad mood. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Every time my boyfriend and I get in a fight, he's like, you know, this ruined my day. I was like, no, you ruined your own day. And I just like walk out. Cause like, I don't have time to like deal with that kind of like thought. It's very true. Like if you're in a bad mood, that's your responsibility to get you out of it. Don't look at me to help you get out of it. Right. Like I can like build you a fucking parade for you. And that still won't help you. Like that's all your responsibility. So in saying that, do you feel like you're someone who, you know, takes responsibility for everything, even things that don't totally. Yeah. Yeah. I can. And it's not even like a blaming. Mm -hmm. It's just a responsibility, which I think is different. Like I don't blame myself for, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. I take responsibility for it, but I don't blame myself. That's a, I love that you say that because there is a very distinct difference. Mm -hmm. Listen, straight up. I could have read the fucking sign. Right. (laughs) And it's my fault. Yeah. My fault. I'm not going to be mad at the city because that shit was $500, you know, yeah. even though I kind of want Yeah, that was, that's fucked but, up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's too much money. I was like, before 1030 in the morning, it's like, and to towing? Yeah. I mean, I can't even wear that on me. Like, <laughs> just, just give me a ticket. Just give me a ticket. Oh, no, I got that too. That was oh, like, yeah, oh, part of geez. it. It's so gnarly. Um, but I do, I love that because there's power in taking responsibility because then you learn. I want to go into health and fitness because that is something that, you know, is part of your channel. It's part of your life. You you are an advocate Mm -hmm. for being healthy. And did you play sports growing up? I did. You did? I mean, Hawaii, you you always play sports. Like that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, You're always outside. Yeah. I played uh, volleyball and uh, track and field. Oh shit. I played softball for a little bit, but Okay. And it like ended up liking that too much. Do you feel like being in sports as a young girl groomed a lot of your character now and like Yeah, I, I would say so. And a lot of, you know, confidence as well. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, yeah. it's so true. And like even discipline maybe or Yeah. Right? That's why I think that's also why I like to work on a schedule or ish. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because that that's what you had to do. Yeah, you need some sports. structure yeah. for the chaos. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love to do right now? Like in fitness, is there... Well, I like to sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Girl. I try to do yoga. It's not my thing. I need to like drench. So right now, it's just like a lot of HIIT workouts. Um, nice. I need to, you know, speaking of sports, I need to be in a class setting. Okay. I love to be in a class setting. That's when I work the hardest. That's when I actually like to go work out. Yeah. I'm not someone who can work out by themselves. I just I just prefer to be surrounded by people. Sure. Yeah. The energy is yeah. very inspiring. Totally. Okay, I'm going to get you down to come down to my brother, Mike Sophia's class, his HIIT class. It's fucking awesome. Oh, he's yeah? a small group, but he's, he's a strength and conditioning coach to athletes, and he's badass. It's one of my favorite days of the week. I push myself, and I train by myself and I fucking train like Rocky, but like my best self, I can't pull it out of myself the way my brother can pull it out of me. And then in exactly. this class, like, yeah. you know, there's so many, like, it's amazing actually. Yeah. You see these like all kinds of different women, like moms and like, but they're fucking going for it. And mm-hmm. I think that it's what you're saying. It's this kind of camaraderie that you feel like we're all in this together. Yeah. <laughs> you're like pushed by the instructor and then also the people around you. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So you would say that, would you say that fitness and, you know, that part is like a very important, do you feel a direct connection to how it supports your journey? Like this path that you're essentially creating for yourself? It helps me not 
want to throw myself off the side of a building. <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah, to put it lightly. <laughs> Why is that? I think because, well, it's like my morning routine, first of all. Like you, you, you have a routine in the yes. morning. Like when you complete the routine, it feels good. So I like wake up early, walk the dogs, work out, shower, and then my day can start. Like that's the routine. So that helps me stick to that. But also like last year, I was just so stressed. Okay. So stressed, which is so much work, which is I'm grateful for, but it was just all at once and there was no planning to it. It all just happened. And I couldn't work out. I didn't have time to work out. And it really, not that I knew at the time, it ended up actually making me sick. Like in January, I had to go to the ER because I was like just going, 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 going all until vacation. And then I relaxed and my body's like, oh shit, now it's time to fuck her up. Right. So it, it did. And it's just like, you know, for me, working out is a stress reliever. It makes me feel really good Mm -hmm. and confident. Mm -hmm. And since I do it in the morning, it's my sign to start the day on that same note like it primes you to yeah yeah to be very kind of strong and ready and resilient mm-hmm. and that's how you go into the day that's yeah. awesome yeah i love it that's such a common thing man you know it's like i'm gonna grind it out i'm gonna just keep grinding and 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 then you know somewhere down the line that person gets sick mm-hmm a car needs gas it needs totally. oil change yeah. like it needs to be fucking service yeah but especially in I think like the U.S., you're just like, 100%. you have to work. Like you you have to provide. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. Right. So a lot of people are like that. And I feel like, well, I, you know, us in particular, we're very like in tune to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So when we ignore the signs of slow the fuck down and you just keep on going, like you majorly fuck yourself up to make us maybe more sensitive to when things happen to our body that doesn't line up. Cause when I went to the ER, all my tests came back clean. Oh really? Every single test I took, I was like, my body was responding to the point where I couldn't get up. Like I was just in the corner. My stomach just was like in so much pain. Yeah. And I knew that it was stress related. Like it was just my body releasing all that tension that I built up for three months. Wow. Yeah. So then what did you do to move past that and get back on track? Well, now 2019, I'm just being way more conscious Mm -hmm. about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying no to a lot of jobs that I would have probably said yes to that don't provide me with anything really not like not just financially but just like excitement wise yeah and then also kind of carving time out for myself at night like now I have an end date to work or end time to work I love it. which is really hard because you know we work for ourselves so if you're not working you're not making money right. but now where I would work like edit videos until midnight or one it's like 10 p.m you turn off your computer yeah and then you finish it later No, I love it. You have to create, I think it's so important to create boundaries, especially as an entrepreneur, because it's like you said, it's like, we can keep going, you know, and especially when it's all about how much output we're, you know, we're, we're performing, right? Like, or it seems that way. It seems like what we can generate is so dependent on our output. Well, that might be the case, but then, and this is going to transition us into something I really want to talk about, but 
if that is the case, then we really do have to value rest, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't run the throttle at a hundred forever. Like yeah. you just, you can't. So one of the greatest quotes that I've ever heard was from Hoist Gracie, oh, which was yeah. resting is training. Mm. And it's so fucking powerful and so true. And it guides me and I have those boundaries too. And I'm, I'm, I'm diligent about him. I'm like, yeah. I'm I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather wake up at four in the morning and like do what I need to do. than like, Oh, before I'm trying to go to bed, I'm going to, you know, sit here and grind it out and become a, you know, whatever. But let's talk about the Gracie thing real quick. Cause, um, we, you know, they're, they're my people, Henner yeah. and Hiron and uh-huh. Eve and Victoria. So you and Henner did a video. Yeah, we did a self-defense video on my channel. I think, Last, like late last year. Late last yeah, year. Yeah, pretty recently. How was that for you? Was that a cool experience? Was that your first time with no. any jujitsu? Or no, 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 oh, no, no. Got it. Yeah, because okay, cool. when I first met um, Henner was, I feel like it was five years ago. But we all know that my timeline right. is like messed but now, up. But now we so. know. Like, let's not even go there. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to be specific. Yeah. But yeah, I've met him before, and then actually after I met him, I started taking women's self defense at the Gracie. Empowered program. Yes, yes, at the Beverly Hills location. Awesome. And then I moved, so then I, I stopped because it was kind of far away. Yeah. And then Eve was there teaching yeah. and stuff, and I really liked that. And then I reached out. I, I really wanted to do that video for a really long time, the women's self-defense video, because I thought it was super important, yes. especially with all like the fucking shit happening. Sure. So then I reached out to him, and then we made it happen, and it was awesome. That's so cool. Did yeah. you love it? I mean, just is like truly one of the top three best things I've ever offered myself in my life, and it's yeah. a genuine passion for life. Mm-hmm. I do love it, and I think it's so important, especially because I live downtown, and yeah. you know, my boyfriend's not always here, so I'm like by myself a lot. I think it goes back to that sports thing. It just gives you confidence in yourself and your abilities. Yeah. And yeah, I would love to train more, but it's just, unless they open a studio in downtown, it's like I impossible. Know. I'm going to be surprised <laughs> if it pops up. I hope know. so. I hope so too. Yeah. I mean, the Women in Power program is like, it feels like a movement because it is growing, which is so rad. Yeah. Even it's important. Started, it's so important. And jujitsu of all the martial arts, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased because I am, but it's like, you know, to know how to fight on your back. Yeah. And yourself on your back is the most powerful thing. Dude, after that video, I would go up to every guy friend and tell them to choke me. (laughs) And they they were like, what the fuck? I was like, no, 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 just do it. I will show you how to get out of it. And I would like do it in public places. And they'd be like, get off of me. Like, back off. Like, this is weird. That's so funny. I I didn't do that in public places, but I definitely have had some funny moments along the way of my nine years of training. But it's like I have pictures of me triangling or arm barring a guy in yeah. my fucking boots. Yeah, like, just like because it is fun when you start to just throw it out there. Like I can do this and. Yeah, that's and the amazing. guys are like, "Oh yeah, like show me," and you're like, "Okay, motherfucker." <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna put this on record. So I'm in Hawaii. This is years ago. I just—it's a long time ago. Um, I just got my blue belt, and I'm not even really sparring yet, right? Yeah. Just we do like reflex development, and and I'm I'm in Hawaii on a photo shoot. This uh, surf brand from Europe, and it's it's a lunch break. 
fucking putting this on the podcast. It's a lunch break, so you've got like this group, you know, all the group of guys, young surfers are like eating lunch, and then you got the the, the models, yeah. and I'm talking to the girls and talking about jujitsu and how much I love it. And I, I'm just such a promoter, like women, you all mm-hmm. need to do jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. And the photographer who I love, who's a friend, he comes up and he he sees me talking about it, and he's like six five, big guy, huge, yeah. and he's like, come on, come on. I'm like, what? And he's like, literally fucking calling me out. I'm like, no, no. He's like, no, come on. Like he's, and he's, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. All right. And he's not quitting. And the whole house, this is like a movie. Whole house is fucking on break. Just watching this shit. Right. Oh my God. Girl. I mean, I wish this was a YouTube video right now. Cause I could show, but so he stood directly in front of me. And he charged me. And when he charged me, his head was kind of dropped down low, like at So my, he's full on. Well, he's full on. Like oh. he's fucking coming at me. I'm <laughs> oh like, this motherfucker's going at me right now. <laughs> and he's charging me. But the coolest thing happened. I didn't even have to think where his head was level to me. And my body knew what to do, which is like, I have chills right now saying it. I basically just dunked his head under my arm and I guillotined him. Girl, he fucking dropped to the ground on his knees and he's tapping my leg I like, could let just me go. Imagine. And I fully, I was like, I had a lot of adrenaline in me. Like, yeah, real, totally. So I, I cranked it fucking hard, yeah. you know? And he was actually kind of pissed at that, but like, and my You're like, dude, it's your fault. Take I, responsibility. I, seriously, I was like, he fucking called me out. I gave you an opportunity to yeah. back out. But the funniest thing is that I walked away silently to myself. I was like, you're like fucking work. I'm a fucking badass. Dude, I was like, well, I never had the actual, that was the closest. And yeah. I know it, it will always be the closest real life experience to, to, to having to put a guy out. Totally. And it fucking worked. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a long time ago. I'm way past that point now, but that is, see, that's so dope. It's so dope. That's right? Like to me, crazy. I can wear the sexiest thing or whatever, but like to know as a female that yeah. I can like hold neutralize your own. The yep. Exactly. Like that some sexy ass shit if I could do it in boots too and red yeah. lipsticks like that's right you red fun. lips with like heels on <laughs> right. and just fucking <laughs> choking out a dude oh so my sick. god I love it I love all that shit yeah see that's so important it is it's right? so important yeah I want to ask you and this is going to transition us into beauty but like what do you feel is really beautiful when you think about a beautiful woman like just some intangibles like what is beautiful to you confidence yeah yeah, I feel like I said that in my Burt's Bees thing too. Two years ago, like, whenever that was. What up, five, <laughs> like, ten, who knows? I, think, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find like solid proof somewhere. I'm going to post something from it for this podcast, yeah. but yeah. And just like being unapologetically yourself. Love it. Plus like a red lip. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's like, they go perfect together. Yeah, it's a combination. Red lips are really interesting. I was looking at the picture that um, I posted of you actually with the Burt's red lip from yeah. that event. Yeah. So good. And not every woman can wear a red lip because sometimes I feel like red could wear you or you're wearing the red. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that's like, that's a confidence thing? I think it is a confidence thing because I find as a makeup pro that there's a red for every woman, Yeah, but it literally has to be an attitude that goes with the red. And not when I say attitude, I'm not like, Ugh, you know, yeah, it's not totally, that. No, I totally it's get it. It's just like you, you're owning it you Yeah, know? because it, it is powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I strategically, like, I remember just so 
fucking working at Neiman Marcus in Hawaii, like 18 years old. And I remember going into my job interview and I strategically wore red because in my mind, and I grew up with a mom who always wears red lipstick. Mine too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> always. It has something to do with it. I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I love that. Every um, single day. Even, even to this day, even when she's golfing. My mom too. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't golf, but like that's her shit. It's, mm-hmm. and you're right. That had to have influenced us because my mom. Well, you met my mom. Your mom is dope. I thought about your mom this morning. What do I talk about? When I was looking at our pictures, your mom is dope. The first time we met in New York, my mom came along with me. And that was the first ever like events, you know, beauty thing she's ever gone to. Because before it was like, yeah, my, my daughter's on YouTube and I think she makes a living. But then now it's like, okay, these people wanted to work with her kind of thing. And my mom is like, I'm an introvert. She's 100% an extrovert. She totally is. Like she was, (laughs) she was dancing by herself (laughs) in the middle of the event. I love her. I so remember your mom. It's, but that like, that's her. It's, yeah, yes. her. I'm sure she was wearing a red lip. Yeah, she was. She likes a chunky necklace. I so remember that combination. Yeah, yeah. That's so sick. So your mom's a confident woman, and that had to have been- Yeah, I mean, also, my parents were divorced when I was younger. Oh, got it. Okay. And I've never, like, for me, my parents getting a divorce was not that big of a deal. Yeah. Because they were both flight attendants, so they were always out of town at different times. So yeah. I would always stay with one. And then they never really got along anyways, so you know, okay. Right. But then to like see my mom and my dad, like my dad raised us and my mom raised us and, you know, but to see, you know, your mom specifically raise you and provide for you by herself Mm -hmm. is definitely something to like, that's empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I connect, my mom did the same thing. So Mm -hmm. I connect with that as well. Five kids and like, you know, made it happen, you know, business owner, um, and red lips yep. and red nails too. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. It's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. So, but then even marketing, I was just saying like, I wore red lips on purpose. Cause I was like, I had this connection of like, I want them to pay attention to my mouth. I want them to see my confidence. And I got yeah. the job. That was yeah. actually my very first job at makeup, um, which is crazy. Yeah. Retail years ago. Um, so going back to beauty, because beauty is obviously a big beauty is how we met, which is so dope, Yeah. but it's a big part of your channel and you know what you put out, but like, what do you, and natural beauty in particular, yeah. right? Is yeah, your yeah. Focus? Well, it's cause I don't know how to do makeup. Like I am so fucking like eyeshadow. I cannot figure it out. Really? Can't do it. I cannot do it. It's one color and it's probably some kind of like, um, multi-stick that I swiped on my (laughs) eyelid, but that's legitimately it. And that, of course, since I'm authentically myself, that's the type of makeup that I do on my channel. Like today, actually today I uploaded a three product, three minute makeup tutorial. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I'm going to put it in this for the, oh, in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, cause useful. that's, that's useful. And that's like my makeup routine every day. If I wear makeup I love kind of it. thing. Yeah. Do you have any favorites right now that you want to? I'm moving towards non-toxic makeup. Yes. Burt's, Burt's Bees, Bees is non-toxic. Yeah. Um, Ilia. Mm-hmm. I really like RMS. I really like, yeah. uh, Bite Beauty. I yeah, love so good. there's, great yeah, yeah, there's so many great non-toxic brands out there. And of course, all the brands I, I own are cruelty-free as well, which is really important That's to me. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I value all those things equally too. And I think like once you, 
it's like organic foods. It's like, okay, I eat organic foods and that's just not, I, there's no, that's just how I eat, period, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, so you're not going to find bleach underneath my sick kitchen sink. Totally. No judgment, but it's like, it's just, when you become aware, you can't, the awareness bleeds into all into everything because everything is connected. Yeah. Right? I remember in New York on that trip, you brought all your own <laughs> fucking food <laughs> from girl. LA to New York. Everybody. Well, you there are places in New York you kitchen. I love you. you. The first time I met you, yeah. it was at the hotel restaurant and yeah. you were eating out of your homemade <laughs> food. I don't fucking play. It's so real. <laughs> and the funniest thing is like, Oh, and, and even at that Burt's Bees party in LA a year later, you brought your snacks. (laughs) It's like, you had like a bag of goodies of all really clean, healthy goodies. Well, cause I can't expect people to accommodate my awesome crazy diet, (laughs) which is not that crazy. It's just, it's, I'm a purist and I know the difference. I didn't grow up eating organic foods for the most part. Like I love Taco Bell in high school. Fuck, I was all about it. In a way, I kind of really appreciate that I have that experience too because I can relate and I know the difference of how I felt in those years where I was eating this kind of standard American diet mm-hmm. versus the when I started transitioning and be, you know eventually landing to where I am now, which is it has to be organic and non-GMO. I know too much. I'm a biology mm-hmm. geek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I certainly don't expect people... Um, to be able to accommodate my needs. And it's funny because people do, it stands out. Totally. Even though I try and like keep it to (laughs) myself. You're like a bag lady. (laughs) Well, you know, you can't keep anything to yourself when it comes to food and me because I like sniff it out. I'm like, who has food here? Yeah. (sighs) What's your, do you like to cook then? I like to cook when I have a plan. Okay. I'm not someone that can go through the fridge and be like, ooh, I'm going to whip this up. Yeah. No, it needs to be planned out. Okay. Yeah. I've been making this really yummy ginger dressing Mm. that I've been eating a lot of. When you make a good dressing, it's so awesome because then you could just use it on so many different things, right? Yeah. That's so helpful when you don't have time to like throw the shit on veggies, throw the shit on totally. Like, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I just bought a pressure cooker oh. or an instant pot. I think they're called. Okay, so, so do you it's leave like stuff in there all. I did. Well, I just bought it, so I only made one thing, okay. and I feel like I did it wrong, so I can't. <laughs> but essentially, yeah, the idea is to like. It's faster than a slow cooker and all that stuff. So that's I'm cool. like right now, I'm just all about like being efficient. Okay. You know, you kind of have to be right. Yeah. To be doing what you're doing in social media. I think I imagine one of the hardest things about it is just staying relevant and keeping up. I have two Instagram accounts, girl. And I know black belt beauties. How Roxy look, I would die if I had two Instagram accounts. Well, truth be told, I'm not pumping it out. Like, you know, but probably as much as I should in conditions, I hate that word. At this stage, I don't have a photographer following. Like, I'm not there. It's hard when you do it by yourself. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Plus, I have a pot. There's so many things. I say all that because there's total reverence to the fact that, like, and this goes back to people thinking, oh, you know, people that do think it could be easy, what you do. Like, the shit is not easy. No, You have to be pumping out all kinds of content of value and staying ahead of it. So Mm -hmm. your days have to be pretty... Packed. Yeah. And yeah. for me, I do everything by myself, like Fuck, really? film, edit, 
like I don't have an assistant. I don't have a videographer unless it's for like my big videos. But yeah, I have to do all of that in 24 hours. And I think that's what really got me at the end of last year. I had sponsored content twice a week for an entire month. And when you have to do that by yourself, like that was just too much. Yeah. So that taught me to say no to things that essentially wouldn't make me happy Mm -hmm. doing. And then also like prioritizing my time, which I never did before because like I had my YouTube and then I had like maybe five other mini side jobs. Mm -hmm. And then I just, it was just too much. So it was prioritizing my time. I think that I learned a lot about last year. Were there any books or anything that you used to really help you get streamlined and focused? Bitch, when did I have time to read anything? (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) What? (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Fucking A. Good point. You got me. Fucking A. But it's like, you know, I live with this every... So every day I wake up and I'm literally the question. I have a couple, but this one is so dominating. It's like, how can you be more effective to move the needle forward today? Yeah. How can you be more effective? So like efficiency is important, but I want to be effective above all because you could do the things that don't matter very efficiently. Yeah. So it's like, what are the most effective things? There's a lot of innate kind of maneuvering that like takes place, but then I do look to other people or books or like, like there's a book called The One Thing that Mm. has been so awesome to read and take in and just, you know, so, and I know I get it. It's hard. Like audiobooks are great. I do. I mean, I definitely do want to start reading more. (laughs) (laughs) Or audiobooks or podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. But that's badass that you figured out and you streamline and you just. Well, you kind of, when it's like, like I really felt like it was a life or death situation. Sure. You know, so I had to figure it out or else I would legitimately have an institutionalized mental breakdown. Fuck. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like you need, once you're like back is to the wall and you like can't escape, you have to figure out how to break down that back wall in order to like escape, you know? That's dope. Yeah. I just had a visual, like a fucking badass superhero. She's like, (laughs) their elbow like, I'm out of here. (laughs) I hate this. I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) So so you feel good now? Like you have a system that like... Yeah, I feel good. And I I honestly said no to a lot of jobs, like January, February, just because I just, I, you know, I'm still working, but it's just like spending time doing things that I love. And, you know, on Monday I'm shooting a parody video, which I used to do a lot of back in the day, but I haven't because work, 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 content, you know, brands, brands, brands. So I'm like making time to do in between all my work stuff that I really wanted to do, which is like the Gracie video or like this parody video, just stuff that makes me happy is stuff that I'm like writing into my schedule, which you know, kind of like it's silly that you have to do, but no, you like, have to do it. Yeah. Especially again, we don't even remember what happened yesterday. Yeah. Except <laughs> <laughs> that I paid $500 before 10.30 right, right, right. morning. Wait, we remember, but, we remember that. We remember that. <laughs> um, I want to actually bring this up really quick. So you have um, a clothing brand on your mm-hmm. website, A Woman's Worth. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Because yeah, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That was my first capsule. So the idea, this whole thing of like, you know, when I was turning 30, how did I want to contribute is my boyfriend who's very artistic and creative was always like, you need to have a line. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, why? So I made a why, which was to support every capsule would be to support 
you know, um, an organization that meant a lot to me. So my first capsule was called A Woman's Worth Collection and proceeds would go to Planned Parenthood because I'm very vocal about all that kind of stuff. And the next capsule I'm actually designing now is going to be towards um, an animal wellness organization. So that is something that helps me, you know, put out more content in the sense of like clothing, Mm -hmm. but also make it, you know, grounded in something that I'm passionate about too. That's amazing. I Mm -hmm. can't wait to see when that comes out. It's been a long process. The women's worth clothing was like so good and so easy for me to like design. Yeah. And people love the design so much. Like I had to restock it four times. Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of pressure to make this you know, animal collection just Mm -hmm. as good. Yeah. So it's been a work in progress, but that, that's the next one. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll try and put it in if the timing works out with this episode. Maybe you have to push me to put it out to make it. Okay. I'm good at that. I'm like, I'm a motivational coach. I'm fucking doing that shit. Yeah. I want to ask you a few more questions before I release you into your day. (laughs) What would you say if you have if you can think of this, like, is there a limiting belief that you've crushed in the last year, couple of years of your life? Probably that I can't feel as good as I feel now. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends Head over to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave me an honest review. Let's connect. I'm so excited to do that in this space and really create content that elevates your mind in support of your best performance in life. You can find me on Instagram at Black Belt Beauty. I'm active there every single day and I look forward to connecting with you all. So thanks again, and I'll catch you on the next one.